This is Creek Talk, brought to you by Candy Creek Apostolic Tabernacle. We talk about faith, family, and Christian living. Every week we post Bible studies from Brother Ray Copeland and Christian Life episodes every other week. I'm your host, Michael Flores. Today we're talking with Reverend Nathan Burks about fitness and Christianity from a male perspective. In our previous episode, we talked with Sister Monica Cathy about a very similar topic about modesty and fitness from her perspective. But this week I wanted to have a similar conversation, but from a male perspective. And who better than Brother Burks here? So, Brother Burks, I'm glad he came on. Uh, thank you for coming out. Thank you, Michael, for allowing me to be here. Thank you, Pastor Kathy and uh, Caney Creek Church, and uh, this is a great thing. I'm looking forward to this episode here on Creek Talk. Yeah, a little bit of a unique one. We're over here in Brother Works' office at uh, Port of Apostolic Pentecostal Church, sitting back, just having a conversation about this. I, I know a lot of conversations, we talk about modesty and fitness, It a lot of it goes towards females. They get beat up a little bit about what they wear and what they do, and I know a larger conversation that I think needs to happen a little bit more is, what's it like for men, males' perspective, because it's just just as important. Brother Burks, tell me a little about your about your church work, how you got into church, how you started where you at, how'd you get to where you are right now? Well, I was raised in church. Uh, Mom and dad have um, always been my pastor up until uh, really moving here to uh, Porter. And so I've always been around it. It's been my life. Um, and so uh, my dad started evangelizing uh, before I was born in uh, the mid-80s and then moving to Pampa, Texas in the Panhandle uh, near Amarillo. He began to pastor there in uh, 1990 and then of course we moved to Mount Pleasant in 95 where he has been pastoring ever since and so he's going on 26 years of pastorate there and altogether about 31 years of pastoral ministry and so I've been around it all my life I love this I hmm. uh, love this experience very much so what kind of uh, work do you do right now I know you preach out quite a bit do some evangelizing and what do you do here at Porter uh, yes, sir. I am a full-time evangelist, and I'm um, thankful for it. Um, here at Porter, I uh, do a little bit of everything, uh, kind of uh, just always available to everybody here, especially pastor and the other staff members. I am over the outreach department as well as over our hyphen, and then, of course, just uh, a part, uh, just a small part of the many other departments that are here. And so uh, just uh, do everything we can to help Porter grow. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also help Porter uh, maintain the legacy that it does. Yeah, I know when you work in ministry, when uh, you, when you say you, you work in ministry, you wear many many hats. You're, you're one day oh. you're scrubbing toilets, next day you're painting walls. The day before that, you're leading a, a service. So I I know you're all over the place. As a matter of fact, I got a young man in the ladies' bathroom right now trying to uh, paint the patches in the walls <laughs> that I had to do just the other day. So yeah, it's. Many hats. And I know this morning you guys were doing some uh, work with the local community. Can you tell me a little about that? Yes, sir. We were doing drive through prayer, and uh, we just basically set up a canopy, a few cones. We have some signs and smiling faces, and we go out there uh, in front of the church on Loop 494, and we just basically uh, offer prayer unto all those that would like to stop. And we've had many. We've had many over the uh, past several months that we've done it. Uh, several visitors from these events, and it's a great exposure to the community, yes, but it's a great service as well to the community. Everybody needs prayer. 
I love that. That's that's pretty awesome. So let, let's jump a little bit into our topic today. Like I said, we're going to talk a little about fitness and kind of your journey in fitness and kind of the male perspective from a Christian perspective as well in church. So I, I got the privilege of hearing you preach at a youth rally not too long ago, and that's actually kind of sparked this idea for this conversation. You were talking a little bit about your fitness journey and how you got into it. So take a little time. Tell me like where, where you started, how you got started in it, and like kind of where you are now. If we go back to the very beginning, <laughs> it would have to go back to dad. Uh, my dad was a very, very strong, a very strong man. Not a big man, but a very strong man and uh, incredible athlete in his youth. And so uh, through the years, through time, uh, me and my brothers, me being the middle of three boys, uh, we would do push-ups in the floor with dad. He uh, was a push-up guru he could stand uh, on his hands with his his back and feet against the wall and he could do military push-ups he could do one-handed push-ups he could uh, do push-ups uh, throw himself off the floor clap his hands behind his back <laughs> catch himself he he was just uh, very very good and so we started with that and as I got older I uh, started watching my body change due to push-ups, and uh, whenever I say a young age, I'm talking I'm talking very young. Started about six years old. We were oh, doing wow. push-ups together, and then at the age of twelve, all of a sudden, I uh, started seeing kind of the foundation of a muscular structure take over, mm -hmm. and uh, became one of those guys where it was very easy for me to put on weight, put on muscle. Um, continued on with that. Through the many youth camps, youth rallies, of course, uh, basketball at all kinds of different places, softball, whatever it may be, football in the parking lot of the church type thing, and and uh, found myself um, taking on the structure of an athlete and uh, really enjoyed it. I, I enjoy all kind of athleticism, whether it be really just uh, church league softball or it be kickball with the kids. It does not matter. I enjoy all kinds of athletic activities, and uh, did play a little ball through the school mm -hmm. uh, that I was going to there in Mount Pleasant, and played basketball for a homeschool organization. We traveled quite extensively with that, and um, just really enjoyed my time on both uh, the field and the court. So with all of that, um, even to this day, even to this day, I still love uh, the competitive nature of getting out there playing. I might get beat, but I'm going to leave everything out there on the field or on the court. And I I enjoy a mm -hmm. good game. I just enjoy it. Yeah. And so that that kind of was the beginning of my journey, the beginning of uh, even what I continue to do now. And uh, I uh, just, I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's a love of mine something I love to maintain. Mm -hmm. And I hope that as I get older, if my knees, shoulders, and elbows will hold up uh, hold up to my ego, then uh, maybe I can continue just hanging out there with the young kids. Yeah, I like that. I, I know for uh, for quite a while there, I've played played many uh, many basketball, volleyball games on concrete out here in the Porter Church. Yeah. Many a scraped elbows, many a scraped knees. And, oh, yeah. Uh, you just get up and go. That's you the do. thing with it. Sacrifice for the game, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've made a few too many. I think I got uh, two two bad ankles right here, and uh, <laughs> those sacrifices for the game a few much. So I, I know for a while, similar to myself, I worked at a gym for a long while. While uh, you know, growing up outside of school, I worked at the YMCA, did that for many years. I know you worked at a gym too. Can you tell me a little about that? Yes, sir. 
Back in 2008, whenever I graduated high school, I went to CLC, Christian Life College, there in California, Bible College. Uh, went one year, uh, left in uh, May of 2009. During my stay there, I got a job, uh, I believe it was the month of October. I was hired on at a place called In Shape Fitness, and uh, one of the uh, larger gyms in Stockton, California. Um, it was a very, very big place. I really just worked the front desk. Uh, I did not want uh, <laughs> any responsibility as a trainer or anything like that because at the time I just did not have the patience with uh, people. Mm-hmm. But I got involved with uh, some uh, college students, some guys that uh, played football for Delta College and in that San Joaquin County. And so I was lifting heavy all the time. Mm-hmm. And really, that kind of answered uh, some uh, one of the next questions on, uh, that you uh, would be asking me here in a moment mm-hmm. was the kind of style of workouts that I do. Yeah. I'm a uh, avid fan of the structure of the bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. I'm an okay. avid fan. Um, it's it's all in the kinesiology of the body, the sculpting of mm-hmm. your own body, and yeah. so I'm an avid fan of that. But that's where I picked it up. I picked up the love of the structure of the bodybuilder's mindset and what they do for their own body there. Uh, started working out with some semi-pros who even today uh, are pros. Uh, they got their pro card. Now they're going on. They're they're big and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and so I was able to work out with many of them. And it, uh, it encouraged me very, very much to uh, take care of my body the way that a professional takes care of his body. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of uh, what I did. I handed out towels to all of the guests <laughs> in the afternoon, and I worked out at night with all of the big guys. So I know working at a gym, you, you meet all kinds of people coming in from coaches to athletes to people just trying to better themselves, getting to health and fitness, stuff like that. I know with my experience, I got some unique opportunities to meet some people and got, got asked to do certain things and go out and play games, and all kinds of stuff like that. I'm sure you've got some similar stuff like that. Uh, did you get any coaches, anybody coming in there trying to recruit you, get you moving? I did. Um, funny you should ask. I had two coaches come in. Uh, from one of the college I've already mentioned, Delta College. Mm-hmm. Um, as some of the uh, football team would come in and work out with me, they went back and told their coach. And so he showed up one day and offered me a walk-on position as a free mm-hmm. safety. Um, I'm not very tall. I'm about 5'9", but I weighed about 218 pounds. I was mm-hmm. 15% body fat. I ran a 4'5", three in the 40 and I had a 33 inch vertical so you can move (laughs) my lifts you know my lifts were good yeah uh I enjoyed uh form I was never a breaker of form and so my lifts were good I was injury free and so the coach just just he he kind of showed up one day and said hey why don't you come walk on? And that kind of began the inner conflict within me Mm -hmm. that uh I am so grateful uh, yes, I did make a right decision in choosing God over uh, things like that. But it began the inner conflict in me about, um, you know, fitness and church together, separate, what can happen with and without. And so, uh, but that's what started. I did. I had an offer for them uh, to just be a walk-on. 
I can imagine that was a uh, that was a difficult decision at the time, especially when you're building towards that. You're working out every day. You have a lot going on, and you feel like you have a lot to offer. I can imagine that's very very tough decision. I know looking back on it now, you feel you feel good about your decision. Feel about feel really comfortable with that. You're happy with where you are and like that. Um, and it's a tough decision. Not a lot of people have been able to make that. Now, in the time at the moment, was it was it really really a difficult decision for you? Did you uh, talk to anybody else, or was this kind of an internal thing you were kind of fighting with? Um. It was very internal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember talking to very many people. I did talk to my dad, and I'm thankful for, uh, you know, praying mom and dad, uh, and who knew how to tell me no. And uh, so it was very internal. I really felt like um, somebody was trying to tell me that I was uh, just as good, that uh, that I had the ability to be at a level, mm-hmm. uh, an elite level. And so it felt really good. Yeah. And like I said, I'm very, very thankful for a praying mom and dad who just knew how to rein in their, their hot headed son. <laughs> and so, uh, it was neat at the time. And, and like I said, I do not regret my decision, my decision whatsoever. So let me ask you this. This will be a little off from what I sent to you. So if mm-hmm. you don't want to ask, answer. It's quite all right. But what do you say to people that say we need these Christian athletes? We need these people in these positions that are Christian or Pentecostal or whatever it may be. What would you kind of say to that? I believe that we need, in the truest form, uh, we need Christians in every part of society. Mm-hmm. I believe that we do. Um we are living in a world, though, who is saying we need Christians in this, yet there is stipulations upon the Christian, um, and many times it has to do with a certain compromise mm. of that Christian's belief, inner conviction, and just all around guidelines and standards and things that they put up in their life. I don't mind I don't mind the call for it, and I appreciate the want for it that some truly have. But I do not appreciate it whenever the call for the Christian comes, yet it comes with the price of a compromise. Mm. And so I do believe Christians need to be in every part and every asset and facet of our world. Yes, we need God. We need godly people but not at the expense of those godly people having to leave God behind or a portion of God behind. Yeah, that's very well said. I appreciate that. So switching switching modes a little bit, we talked about your fitness journey, kind of how you are, where you're at right now. I talked with Sister Kathy in our last episode, and we were talking about modesty and fitness, and we talked about it from her perspective. For, for you, from a male's perspective, what does modesty and fitness mean for you as a Pentecostal Christian here? You know, Sister Kathy is an excellent uh, example mm-hmm. for uh, ladies in the church, and um, I'm very thankful for her witness. Whenever it comes down to men, there's some things that men battle. Anger, mm-hmm. they battle apathy, and they battle appetite. Um Anger, of course, men are naturally hot-headed. We have a way, we have a domineering way about Mm us. The apathy, we can, just as quickly as we can become angry, we can become very passive. 
in certain areas. And uh, many times it's because of the simple inner justifications that we have for those areas. And we have to be careful of that. But we have to be very aware of the last one, and that's called our appetite. Whenever it comes down to fitness, whenever it comes down to the gym, we have got to be very careful of our appetite in fitness. This has to do a whole lot with our ego. This has to do a whole lot with our self-image. Whenever a man steps into the gym, uh, the though the woman will fight her particular battles of the mm-hmm. gym, the man will fight his. Now, these fights are all fleshly. Mm-hmm. We've got to remind ourselves of that, bring ourselves back down to ground zero and know that these are fleshly battles. Uh, the Bible does declare that, um, you know, working out really does nothing for the soul. It, it does not in, do anything for the soul. So with that uh, being understood and reminding us of that fact, we need to know that whenever we step into the gym or we step into a fitness role or a fitness activity, it's a fleshly activity. And uh, when the thing that men battle is we will battle our ego and our vanity. And we've got to be careful of that. Modesty in fitness can happen, but you have constantly uh, have to be aware of your flesh in all of it. Remember, your flesh must die the flesh of the mind the and and we understand that the pride of life the flesh uh, we understand that remember that it will be the lust of the eyes Mm. that brings about your downfall in the gym you've got to be very very focused remember you're not there Uh, it's not a social club to see whose biceps are bigger no (laughs) if you're going to the gym please remember that it is for health Mm -hmm. it is for health Keeping yourself on a health basis as a gym member, uh, it should kind of keep your feet on the ground. It's fleshly. It is a fleshly activity. It can become a spiritual activity as in that of a burden. We've got to know that. Mm. And so whenever it comes down to modesty in the gym, modesty in the church, modesty wherever it may be, men battle their mind of modesty. Okay, they do. And whenever they begin to lose modesty of the mind, we begin to see changes in them. You will see changes in the gym, yes. But don't forget that whenever you lose the modesty of your mind, whenever you lose the restrictions and the things you've placed that protect you in your mind, you all of a sudden, you all of a sudden will find yourself going to the gym or being attracted to fitness for the wrong reasons. And so modesty in the gym for men, we battle ego. We battle our appetite. And so we've got to be very, very careful of the things that we just wish to have and wish to go after whenever we are at the gym. Beware of our appetite in the gym. That's where our modesty lies. I like that. That's very well said. And that's a good point, too, because, you know, modesty, we always think about just what we wear. And for a man, sometimes it's a little bit easier. You know, we're just a T-shirt and pants and, you know, women are always beating up a little bit. We're in skirts and we're in this and that. But having your mind focused in before you even get there is, is massively important. That's an excellent point. The, the gym is not a spiritual setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It is not a spiritual setting. It is not. It is a fleshly setting. And so our minds have got to be attuned uh, they, they have to be attuned uh, to the Holy Ghost. We must have our, our protector must be our Holy mm-hmm. Ghost. 
It must be. No, that's awesome. Um, with, with that being said, kind of moving into that, we talked a little bit about, you know, making sure our mind's right. So do you think it's important for the church as a whole to make sure we're staying active and staying healthy and staying fitness? I do. I do. And um, I actually wrote this answer down uh, a few times. Um, we must be very active. We have to be. Mm. We must be active in many areas. Yes, but something to take note of. We've got to be active because we go through something called selfishness in the mm. church. The church can be very, very selfish. Whenever we begin to look at fitness and all of that stuff, we, we, we automatically kind of look at those that are out of shape, those that are, can we say, gluttonous. Mm. Um, and we need to know something about gluttony. Mm-hmm. Because really, we in the church, we face it. We face it a lot. I think that we face it more than um, a lot of other people do. You know, gluttony with the word. You know, uh, I think that we have to be careful of not becoming spiritual couch potatoes, just <laughs> as becoming fleshly couch potatoes. You get good bread every service. So please, know that bread's not just for you. Mm. You need to be a good distributor of the things that you have, but at the same time, you need to practice the things that come across the pulpit from your man of God. You need to practice the instruction, exercise the instruction, Mm. exercise the teaching and the direction. And so it's the same way. The church must continue to remain active in its community, active. And then whenever we get down to the personal uh, the individualistic way of looking at this. We must remain active because, and, and once again, I'm going to come back to gluttony on this, mm-hmm. not condemning anybody at all. If you're listening, please, I'm not condemning you. But one thing we must know is that gluttony is a very selfish thing. Mm-hmm. And so we become a very selfish people. Now, Now, listen, the church that is a lazy people, are a selfish people. Mm. Yeah. And so we cannot become lazy. Weary and lazy are not the same thing. We can become lazy in our weariness, but understand that weariness should not lead to laziness. And so I've got a friend. I've got a friend. He's a pastor. Um, very very good, extremely smart, very, very wise. I enjoy talking to him. I recently just preached for him, and he told me, him being a diabetic, uh, he told me he had another friend that uh, was recently diagnosed with diabetes, and uh, he said, you know what? He said, I'm just, I'm going to be able to eat whatever I want to eat, all that stuff, whatever it may be. And he made this statement. He said, because I'm not afraid to die. And my mm. pastor friend said, yes, but dying is not the issue. Dialysis is. <laughs> yeah. He said, and so you must take care of yourself because, yes, we're all going to reach that point of death. But how I get there is my choice. Yeah. And so he said, I don't want to be on dialysis for the rest of my life or until death and do me part from this world. He said, I must take care of myself even in the things I can't control. Mm. I can still control some of the ways 
I take care of myself. And so please, those of you that are listening, understand I'm not condemning anybody at all, but we cannot be a selfish people. And whenever we remain active, whenever we remain active, I believe it also gives us this sense of availability. We are not restricted in many, we can go many different directions and many different areas in this statement that I'm making. But whenever we remain active, I believe that we remain available mm. in many areas. And so back to you, Mike. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's excellent. I like that. Uh, me and Sister Catherine, we were talking about it. We talked a little bit about that too. I mean, when you're staying active, you can, you know, Sunday morning, I can get up and go pray. I can be with the community. I can come over here and do this afterwards. I'm physically able. Yes, sir. Uh, physical yes, sir. move. That, yes, sir. That's important. And I know uh, one other, another topic we brought up when we were talking about this is if you can bring your own self under subject, subjection to go uh, do a couple push-ups, <laughs> then you're able to go sit down and pray for you know, 20, 30 minutes, and suddenly that doesn't seem as hard as it once did when you're already kind of getting your flesh under subse- subjection and moving and staying active. makes uh, right. Makes life a little bit easier. Yes, sir. Um, so for you, I know we talked about this a little bit on, a little bit earlier, so you can kind of refer back to that or hit on a little bit, but what do you think are some of the unique uh, obstacles that men specifically face when they're going into the fitness industry or in the fitness industry as a whole? Um, men need to have good blinders on. <laughs> they <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Um, they need to be very vigilant. Uh, men, we have a way of not... Um, not recanting our belief in God. We just have a really good way of forgetting about God. Hmm. We believe in Him, but we just have a good way of forgetting about Him, especially whenever we are being successful in any kind of area. We're men. We like being in control. Mm -hmm. We like being able to say, I can do that. It might be a hard situation, but don't worry. I can get us out of this mess or I can do things better than so-and-so over there. We, we, we just have a, a masculine nature to us that uh, can many times get out of control. So the obstacles for men, uh, we, we have got to have our blinders on at all times. You need to be aware of the things that go before your eyes because the, the things that we look at if we continue to entertain what we look at, we will become those things. And so we've got to be very, very careful. Um, we are seeing it a whole lot uh, in this generation. We're seeing it with Hollywood. We're seeing it in the world with politics. We're seeing Whatever we put before our eyes. This is why Scripture would say put no ungodly thing hmm. before your eye. And so perverse, cursed. There's a lot of definitions that go into this. Beware of the things that you put before your eyes. And so whenever you go into the fitness industry, uh, the obstacles that we run into is just what we replace God with. And so we've got to be very, very careful that uh, we do not replace God or we don't move God over for something to stand next to Him in equal proportion. We can't do that. And so the downfall of the flesh is uh, we just have a way of elevating our flesh to the throne of a God. Mm -hmm. We just do that. We do it naturally. And um, the same way that Lucifer did for himself, whenever you read in Isaiah, he said, I will exalt myself. Well, guess what? We have the same problem. We like 
to exalt ourselves. Men, uh, get as fit as what you want to. Please take care of your body. Please take care of your health. Men, if you have young children, I think you ought to uh, want to be able to uh, run around and uh, be the kind of dad that you need to be for them for a long time and then be that as a grandparent under grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And so, Dad, take care of yourself. But remember, remember, please, is that the obstacles come in what you idolize whenever you are becoming a better fitness or a better physique. Remember, remember, we have got to guard ourselves in this. The obstacles that we overcome in fitness will always be fleshly, always be fleshly. Something that I mentioned earlier. And so, man, please, you have to have your blinders on. You've got to be very careful of what you focus on while you're becoming fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting about the blinders and stuff like that because it, it becomes even more like when we think of blinders, thinking of stuff like that, it's thinking of looking at, you know, women or uh, things like that. But it, it can get to a point where you're looking at other, not men in a different way, but you're looking at them like, man, I want to look like that. I want to yeah. get like this. Like, yeah. what's this guy doing? And then it can lead down a wrong path because that person isn't aligned with where they need to be. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're you're chasing after things that you should never have even been looking at to start with. So that's, yeah. That's exactly right. I know that we like to... Uh, point fingers mm-hmm. at the ladies whenever it comes to selfies. But men, <laughs> please be aware that we are just as bad um, whenever it comes down to selfies and fitness. I I frequent a gym uh, here in the Houston area. Other pastors go to this gym. And one thing that I notice is that it's getting worse and worse with each visit that I make to the gym. And that is uh, the younger guys or even the older guys that are making leaps and bounds in their fitness, they like staring at themselves in the mirror <laughs> and they like to take pictures of what they're staring at. Yeah. And so uh, it's no longer this uh, vain thing or this seductive thing that women are doing now. It's a it's a male worship. It's a, It's a worship of self. And so we've got to be aware of that. You've got to keep your blinders on. If you're doing it for the right reason, uh, to track your own progress, do those things in secret, you know, do Mm -hmm. those things uh, out of the eyes of other viewers. Because (laughs) quite frankly, whenever I see that, I think, man, you're not here for the right reason. Yeah. Uh, You know, if you're just here for another uh, hundred likes on another post here in a moment, (laughs) I'm sorry, it's not the right reason. (laughs) So please, man, uh, keep your keep your blinders on, please, specifically for yourself, because you can be vain and fall in love with just you. It, it's funny you say that about the selfies. I remember many, many years ago working at the Y, I would, uh, you know, it was pretty average. People would come in, do their workouts, go. And the other day, I went to a gym. Uh, it was 24-hour fitness or something out there. And I about tripped over three people's tripods they brought. They brought in tripods to take pictures of it's themselves. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Uh, it's uh, it, it's interesting. You know, you're, you're seeing it more and more. So if you could go back to... Young brother Burks, way back in the day, what, what what would you say to him? How do you what would you say to kind of younger self when you getting started? You know what? <laughs> there is no short answer to that. <laughs> uh, there's no brief answer. I will try to be as brief as possible. But um, if I could go back, I would tell the younger brother Burks. I'd tell Nate. Um, number one, be patient. Mm-hmm. Be patient. Um, I did go after some things that would quicken my growth in fitness. And I would go back and say, be patient, be careful. Uh, and I would say, mind your heart and mind your eyes. Uh, I would say, listen, listen a lot more, Hmm. listen a lot more, uh, and pay attention to 
the amount of time that I give to myself over the amount of time that I give to my calling hmm. or to God. And uh, because that's that was one of the main things. I can go work out for three hours and say, wow, what a workout. This is awesome. And Jesus only begged, and he did beg. He, he begged, could you not pray with me one hour out of the day? Hmm. And so... I would go back to my younger self and, and and probably try and instruct myself about the conquering nature of prayer over the conceited nature of flesh. Um, I would really, really go back and instruct myself to be a little bit more spiritual than I was fleshly. Yeah, that's fair. And it's interesting you say that. You can sit down and work out for three hours. I know a lot of people, when they start working out, it's like it's a struggle to do 30 minutes. And then you work out for a year, year and a half, two years, and you get into the zone. And you can sit there and work out for three, four hours. I know I've been at gyms before where I went there in the morning, came back in the evening, and the same people were there sometimes. And then we sit down and we struggle to pray for 15, 20 minutes. So that's uh, that's well said. Now, when you were getting started, uh, would you recommend? How would you recommend somebody getting started nowadays? How, if they were wanting to jump into the fitness world, or where where should they start? You know, I would say uh, start with your diet first. Mm. Please start with your diet. Um, I would highly suggest that we get our uh, weight under control if it is out of control or if it is an issue. Um, certain things like blood pressure, diabetes, uh, high cholesterol. Some of these things can be monitored, and, and there's many others. I am not I am not a nurse. I'm not a doctor, and so I'm really not of the tenure and quality to actually speak to these things. But we do know that there are just some things that can be conquered or better monitored by what we put in our bodies. I would say please uh, go through, if it's a nutritionist, awesome. But simply... Simply check your diet. Check your diet first. There's a lot of people that love to go get on a treadmill for two weeks and then complain about how there's no inches or there's no weight that's being lost or yeah. they see no change, and yet the diet hadn't changed either. Remember that um, the the biggest battle in fitness will always be our meals. Mm -hmm. It will always be our consumption. Food, I will always say <laughs> food is the greatest addiction in the world. And we spend thousands of dollars in a year's time feeding ourselves. Yeah. And so enjoy. So please, I would say, uh, check your diet first, go through, go through your nutrition first. Yeah, see, my problem is in my meals. It's all the meals I eat between my meals is, is usually what adds up, that candy bar here or there, that second breakfast, you know, as, as you do. Second breakfast. <laughs> you know, last night it's 11 o'clock. I'm up. Uh, my son's still awake. And so, uh, you know what we do? I go find the biggest bowl in the house, and I have the biggest bowl of <laughs> berries and crunch, Captain Crunch cereal. Ooh. And so we all have our downfalls. We really do. Uh, but consistency and monitoring uh, and, and keeping a good observation, being vigilant and being very conscious, be, being very, very conscious of what we take in is a big thing. It really, really is. It's a big thing. I know you mentioned uh, your dad earlier and how he helped you get started and someone you kind of look up to right now. Is there anyone else that you kind of look up to when it comes to fitness or you kind of keep an eye on? Absolutely. Um, it, being a preacher, uh, being who I am, doing what I do, um, I will always look up to these uh, men of God who have done very well 
with their health. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them have even, you know, testified in some of the messages that they've preached of history in their family, family history of how things could be genetic. Yet, because of the way that they are able to take care of themselves, those things that were genetic just uh, didn't catch hold of them. Mm -hmm. It it did not attack them the way that it might have attacked somebody else. And so I look up to uh, quite a few people, but one in particular... Um, I mentioned Bible college earlier. This man uh, was very influential in my uh, personal fitness growth. Uh, he was absolutely crazy. He would only get a few hours of sleep at night, but he was so disciplined. He would teach both at the college and at the school there on campus for the Christian Life Church. And uh, incredible teacher, incredible man. His name is Laird Silliman. He mm-hmm. uh, was the music director for CLC for a long time, and then he moved to Alexandria. And then I believe he moved back to CLC after a little while there uh, with being with POA. And through all of this, through all of this, it, you would not believe that he's over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. He's in great shape. Uh, is able to stand and minister. Uh, not a skinny guy. I'm not saying he's uh, this this runner out there that is real thin. No, 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 no. He is uh, a weightlifter, mm. and he's very strong, but he's very disciplined. And I look up to him because he's never changed. Not one time has he ever changed. Mm. He's always the same. He always looks sharp. He always looks together and uh, does not parade himself around one bit as being any kind of a fitness guru. He just he just is. Uh, and whenever you have those personal conversations with him, uh, he'll tell you that uh, he has to stay in the gym. He is at that age where it just seems like everything goes downhill. <laughs> but he's at that age where the gym has really helped him. His cardio sessions, his weightlifting sessions, he has to have them because he truly truly believes, of which I believe as well, he truly believes, it is what has helped him be so influential in the longevity of a worship leader Mm. or in the longevity of a preacher, the longevity. And so Laird Silliman, I would have to say, is somebody that I truly, truly look up to. There's several others, but uh, Laird Silliman would have to be the top one. I like that. Tell me about some of the mistakes when people get started in fitness. Mistakes. Um... Let's remember that we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Do not hate yourself. Uh, Please uh, do not hate yourself. Whenever you're getting started, um, you need to know that uh, if you go to the gym or if you start your fitness journey, understand that there will always be more people rooting for you than those that may be root against you. And then whenever you reach your goal, uh, if there's anything that I wish I could go back and do better, it would be to uh, be an encourager. Mm. I would be a better encourager for people who are starting out. I would um, not act like I have uh, or had all the answers. No, we won't. Your body is constantly changing. Your body goes through different phases and different uh, things of life. We all know that as we get older, we we just simply begin to change, whether it's your taste buds or it's your blood pressure or it's your weight. We go through changes. Mm-hmm. And so be patient with yourself, but be consistent with yourself. Consistency will never get caught off guard. Mm. So please be consistent with yourself, but enjoy the journey. 
Take it slow. Take it slow. Sometimes, sometimes it's going to be those few pounds that take the longest to get <laughs> off that actually stay off the longest. Mm. And so please be patient with yourself. Um, do not step on the scale every single day. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do that to yourself. Yes, enjoy life. Be happy. Be happy with yourself. Be happy with family. But understand that we can all do better. There's a lot of things in which we can all do better. Fitness is one of them. I wish I wish I had the lungs of Pastor Joshua Cathy. <laughs> he can run all day long. Um, I wish I had things like that. There's some things I need to work on. I need to work on my cardio. Of course, that's everybody. <laughs> but understand that the way you perceive, your, perceive yourself or the way that you present yourself is the way others will look at you. And so remember, remember that, please. Uh, if you hate yourself, then others will come to find fault in you. Uh, if you are always dogging yourself, then others will also join in the dog, uh, dogging journey that you're going on. Don't do that to yourself. Lift your head up. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. There's many things we can all do better together. And please, if you're starting your fitness journey, don't end, don't quit. Don't quit. Find somebody, get encouraged. And then whenever you have the chance, and I'm sure you will, turn around and encourage somebody else. There's a lot of things we can do better together. No, I like that. That's perfect. It's a good way to kind of wrap up things here. So, Brother Burks, thank you again for coming on the podcast, being a part of this here with Creek Talk. Um, if anybody wants to keep and uh, follow kind of the work you're doing and things like that, do you uh, do you have a Facebook, Instagram? Is there any way they can follow you? You know, I'm not very active on my own Facebook. So if you'd like to follow me and uh, kind of uh, keep up with our travels, keep up with what we do here at the church, please go to our Facebook page of our church, Porter APC. Uh, we, uh, you'll always find us on there doing something. And then of course my wife's Facebook page and Instagram, mm -hmm. Anna Marie Burks, she's always posting something about us and the family, <laughs> what we're doing and, uh, but be encouraged, be encouraged. Awesome. Yeah. And if you guys get a chance, uh, look on Porter Appsock Pentecostal Church Facebook page. They have some of the previous messages Brother Burks has preached and some other awesome stuff that they have going on. Well, thanks everyone for listening to Creek Talk here. Uh, if you haven't heard our previous podcast with Brother Josh Cathy or Sister Monica Cathy, uh, with Brother Cathy, we talked about pastoring through a pandemic and some of the challenges he went through, um, some unique stuff going on over there over that last year that he faced. And if you like the kind of a female perspective, Sister Cathy, uh, Coach Monica Cathy right there, does some awesome stuff. And we talked with her last week. Uh, you can connect with us at Creek Talk here on our Facebook and Instagram or reach us at Caney Creek Apostolic Tabernacle. Uh, tune into our live service every Sunday and Wednesday or even better if you're local come on by thank you guys and we hope to hear from you next week bye now